Are you willing to be vulnerable? Are you able to open up to talk about things that are troubling you? Are you willing to listen to those around you to help lighten someone's load? Both of these things help us to be more resilient. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 59 as the Resilience Think Tank presents the Resilient Journey podcast. I'm your host Mark Hoffman and today I'm joined by Andrew Owlett, security leader and career coach. And today we're exploring how Andrew is navigating his resilient journey while dealing with PTSD. Listen as Andrew and I talk about being vulnerable and how it can help you be a better leader, what to listen for to identify when someone else is struggling, and why checking in with those around you is so important. It's a good reminder that when it comes to those around you at work, you never really know what someone else is going through. We'll get into my conversation with Andrew Owlett right after this from Lisa. Hello, I'm Lisa Jones, co-founder of the Resilience Think Tank. In 2021, six professionals with a passion for resiliency came together to find ways to use our industry experience to provide a place where business continuity professionals could share their insight, seek help with their programs, and promote overall growth in our profession. On that day, the Resilience Think Tank was born. It's our one-year anniversary, and we are delighted by your support and encouraging feedback. We hope you will join our journey by becoming a part of the community. Follow Resilience Think Tank on LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube as we celebrate this milestone. Also check out ResilienceThinkTank.com to discover great insights shared by our Resilience Think Tank community. Thank you for your support. And stay tuned as we continue to be an ally for risk and resilient professionals and champions for the teams of one. Andrew, welcome to the podcast. I, I have to say you're a bit of a renaissance man here. I mean, you've done a lot of different things in your career uh, and you continue to have a very diverse set of skills. Take a few minutes and give some of the highlights of your professional life. Thanks for having me on the show as well, Mark. And I have never thought of myself as a renaissance man. Um, I, I think I thought of myself as uh, just a regular person. Uh, <laughs> so um, that, that's that's a lot to process right there. And you're hitting me right out the gate with something. Uh, <laughs> that, that might be the title of the podcast episode, Renaissance wow. Man. There you go. Wow. Wow. That's a... Uh, that's incredible. Um, so background wise, um, uh, for the last 17 years, I've been in the um, broader risk resilience security space. Um, and I, I started out as a first responder, um, kind of transitioned and pivoted into consulting, um, did, did a little bit of US federal government work and then pivoted into the private sector. But that's the high level. Um, really digging into the details. I've done everything from data analytics to uh, mobile technology implementation projects to um, crisis management, emergency management, uh, business continuity, IT disaster recovery, um, org strategy design, um, and most recently uh, supply chain security for IT components. Um, done a little bit of everything. And really my, my goal now is to bridge the gap between physical security and cybersecurity, bringing them together to have one common security picture across an organization. So it's a little bit about me. How does your background as a first responder 
help you in the corporate world when it comes to things like whether it's cybersecurity or or uh, supply chain security, what, you know, whatever those projects are that you're tackling, how does that background help you? So I like to use the analogy. Um, it's, it's a common question that I, that I've been asked a couple times. And I say that there is no thrill greater or adrenaline rush greater than running into a burning building. Um, and when I was a firefighter, I did that. And the the scary part is, though, when everything goes south and you have flight or fight syndrome and you have to figure out ways to, to survive for your life. Um, and if I use that as a baseline, anything I do is not comparable. Hmm. Um, my life isn't on the line every day. Um, uh, I'm not uh, I'm not getting kicked. I'm not getting yelled at, um, at, at least in the same ways that I was when I first started my career. Yeah, that's right. Um, so if I if I use that as a baseline, uh, life is really really good, and somebody's emergency today is just completely different than my perception of an emergency, and that's that's how I say stay calm. It, it it's interesting because it really puts a um, kind of a different lens on life when you see folks like really, really stressed out about um, navigating a certain situation, um, bringing a sense of calmness and kind of level-headedness to, to avoid tunnel vision and to kind of see the biggest picture. And tunnel vision was the first thing I was taught, like as a first responder that you, you have to avoid. Um, and it's because of what I just described. And um, it, it often masks like the, the bigger picture slash the, the treatment plan um, or how, how you're going to handle a situation if you just narrow into one thing. And um, I always take a step back and kind of look at the landscape around and, and say, okay, we have this going on, but what are the, the other potential repercussions and issues that could be going on and having targeted questions methodically kind of guiding through through an incident response is, is kind of how I handle things. And it's always calm. Now, several weeks ago, you posted something on LinkedIn that prompted me to reach out to you. And you talked about the human side of the LinkedIn profile. And it was a very vulnerable post. You said that even in the post. And you said something that I'm going to quote back to you now. You said, remember the human side behind the picture. Things are never just sunshine and happiness. You said that there's a story there and that your story helps you find your tribe. Do you want to share a little bit about your story? Yeah, for, for sure. And I think, I think that was the most vulnerable thing I've ever put out in social media. It has, it, it has been, and, um, it's, it's interesting when you become really vulnerable, how like positivity is just like trickling um, in the background. I, I have more people reach out to me about that post because um, they, they, they feel like they, they have challenges with navigating certain situations and they don't know where to lean on or who to lean on. And for, for me, um, I, I've had challenges with PTSD coming out of fire EMS. Um, it, it wasn't until two or three years ago that that I actually identified 
um, that that I that I ha was having issues. It, it was something that um, either I didn't want to face um, that, hey, your sleepless nights are tied to X, Y and Z incidents that you responded to or, um, you know, when you pass by this one spot, something just triggers in your head something. Um, mm. Most recently, 12 weeks ago, um, my wife and I um, ha have our first child. And um, within the first week, I had flashbacks to, to incidents uh, from 17 years ago. Wow. And um, I, I speak more about it now because I realized that trauma impacts somebody, everybody different. And in the first responder community, we don't like being vulnerable. Um, really nobody likes being vulnerable. And for, for me as a leader, being vulnerable helps me to empathize, sympathize, uh, lead with care um, at the forefront of everything. When I have a team member that says, hey, I need a mental health day. I, I say, why are you even asking? Do, do what you got to do. Just say you're off. You don't even have to tell me. Um, and normalizing, like, it's okay not to be okay is a hard thing to do. Um, and I feel like by me being vulnerable, it's it's how, how I can lead from the front and show that it's okay to be that way, even if you're a leader in any capacity, because you have to do that. Um, and that's why I put out, on social media, what I put out because I want I want people to normalize it. To me, it seems like one of the biggest challenges with being vulnerable is that you could be perceived as weak, when really the opposite is true, isn't it? I mean, you have to have strength to be vulnerable. So, talk about how you navigate that. It it was a mind shift. Um, I think. I think because at, at the forefront of me putting that, that post out there, I, I said, I've had enough conversations. Um, I've, I've heard enough stories about folks either having a struggle um, by, by navigating traumatic situations or people having struggles with their leaders, not understanding and therefore not allowing um, certain things from happening. And, it, it bothered me. Um, and it, it bothered me to a point that I felt like I needed to say something. And, um, I, I think my post <laughs> received almost 20,000 views, which is insane. And I don't, I don't measure success by that. It, it was just insane. The reach that it had. And it makes me wonder if underneath the surface, there's, there's a lot more problem there. Um, and again, it's, it's hard for people when they don't live through stuff to relate to things like empathy is hard. Um, so for me being empathetic in this type of situation toward other people is easy because I've gone through something that has been traumatic and I've yeah. dealt with um, the, the mental health ramifications that come along with that um, from, I mean, sleep, physical deprivation, um, relationship deprivation, um, a, a lot of different things. And the, and the list goes on, um, things that have led to other health conditions that are significantly more severe. Um, and just having visibility into that, I think, um, can help shift the tone. And I think that's, what's, what's really needed. One of the things that, um, 
your post was focusing on was the whole social media aspect of things. And I mean, let's be honest, social media can be really ugly. Uh, people hide behind the anonymity of their of their screen name or of their Twitter handle or whatever and tend to say things that maybe they wouldn't say in person, although the older I get, I'm getting less and less shocked by people who are willing to do and say some pretty outrageous things, even in person, even on camera. But what is it that you would like to see people do differently whether it's maybe do more of or do less of on social media in order to remember that human side of the profile. I think that normalizing the conversation about being vulnerable and normalizing the conversation around mental health um, is, is, is a big step in the right direction. I, I think, um, you know, when I, was, when I was scanning the notes for today, I, I saw, you know, the World Mental Health Day piece, uh, which I obviously posted about this week. And that kind of cringed a little bit when I saw one day um, being dedicated to, to mental health. Um, and by normalizing the conversation and having awareness and visibility into um, triggers, environments, um, things to say, things not to say. Um, just being a good person and listening to people um, first instead of jumping to conclusions. That, that's kind of what what I think should happen. Um, I think, you know, my, my going back to the post, um, social media does paint a picture. It's, it's of the, the, the bright and shiny, like great things that are happening. And that's where humanity, I think, gets gets lost a little bit. Um, is nobody's life is perfect. Now, if I go to my Instagram, I see all these beautiful pictures of my wife and I, and my my daughter and I, and my dog, and like places yeah. we've gone and everything. But what you don't see is around the same time that I was identifying that I was having PTSD, the tears, the anger, the the um the the inability to know how to navigate a situation and who to reach out to um to, to raise those issues to, to friends and family um it wasn't until eight months ago that my family even knew i was dealing with that and that was years after wow. that that um that that started like coming to light um and I mean, and that's even being in person, that's me masking it because I, I don't know how to talk about it. And it wasn't until that time that I started talking about it on social media more. Um, so yeah, it's um, it, it's interesting because you just never know what somebody's going through. And in an age where everybody's so accessible, um, where, you know, we want answers, we want answers now, um, in an environment where um, we're just so demanding that, that we don't realize that, you know, maybe, maybe that person has a life for an hour a day. And maybe, maybe that, maybe that person um, during that hour a day is battling through something that they just need to focus on themselves. Mm -hmm. And I think we forget about that. You know, you, you talked about Instagram and, and there's the Instagram profile versus the reality profile and everybody sees 
the beautiful picture of the plate of food, but nobody sees the dirty dishes, right? Um, and it's just something to to think about. You also talked about how you found your tribe. It used to feel alone, and now you feel surrounded. Uh, what was that process like, and and what do you mean when you use the word tribe in that setting? I've I found um, my support system or the group of people that are willing to listen. Um, willing to listen is the key word. I've also found along the way the the folks that can only take so much. Um, I'll use an example. My my wife is an amazing wife. I love her to death. And one of the things, even though she's so incredibly supportive and wants to listen, um, knowing how to listen or what to say or um, what to do, um, it's, it's, it's hard for her to comprehend um, because it's, it's just so dynamic. Um, And um, there are professional support systems out there that, um, I, I've started to lean on. There are old colleagues that have gone through this, a similar thing that I can lean on. Um, there are other first responders in the community that, that I know I can lean on to, to talk about just the problems like uh, that, that are kind of going on out there. Um, but I, I've learned to identify like different segments of people to lean on. Um, my, my wife may be really good um, a couple af- hours after I talked to somebody else about the actual situation and the actual trauma. Um, but in the beginning, she, she may not know how to react. And now with a baby, like it's, it's even more challenging because attention is diverted, you know, from, from both of us to baby. So it's, it's a little bit, it's a little bit different and navigating that is, is a whole nother challenge with the <laughs> PTSD that, that we're kind of learning how to navigate, um, so it's, it's an, when, when I say my tribe, I mean my support system and I have a good five folks, um, that, that I know I can lean on, um, that if I text them, um, and say, Hey, do you have a moment to talk? They, they know that, you know, when they have a moment to talk, that it's going to be something serious, uh, unless I caveat it some other way. And then professional tribe, um, pro- professional support system, um, there's, there's a great group out there that provides resources for first responders, um, that even after one or two conversations, no, no, even tr- no treatment, um, you, you could be leaving just feeling so much better because you have an open slate to talk about whatever you want. I'm happy for you that you, that you have that intentional support group. It wasn't easy in the beginning. Um, you know, I mean, I, I think, you know, ripping the bandaid off, like, at the end of the day, like who, the, the folks that listen to these types of situations, I have so much respect for them because um, as much as I mentor and coach folks, if somebody came to me to listen, like that's, that's hard. Um, that, that's hard sometimes like that. I, I don't know. You know, it's one thing here, here I am being vulnerable again. Um I've had folks talk to me over the last couple months um, about mental health and everything and just being there to listen and not trying to solution. It is like, it is, is the first step, like just listening relieves emotional trauma. It it allows you to channel it. Um, And that's something that, 
that I've learned is talking about it just gets it off my shoulders. Um, it, it allows me to free up the space in my brain to focus on positivity. Um, so I'm not, I'm not focused in, uh, on the negativity, but, um, I, I've, I always think I've struggled to be the listener. Um, but folks disagree. They say, you're doing a great job. Just listen, just listen. Um, it, it's, it's hard to not put that on your shoulders. So too, is what I'm trying to say. And right. You can't carry it away. You, you just have to, to be the listener. Well, I say just, um, but there's, there's a real skill set to that. And I'm going to get you to do some coaching uh, of us here now, because you just talked about getting people to listen when it comes to mental health, what should I be listening for? Are there certain trigger words or keywords or phrases or, or something that I should be listening for? Coach me to be a better listener. Tone. Tone is um, a big indicator that something could be going on. Like if you talk to somebody frequently, you typically have an inclination of when they're really, really energetic versus when they're really, really tired or or uh, and and being tired could be emotionally drained, which could be that they're just thinking about a lot, or it could be because they just didn't sleep well one night or something. Um, t- tone is a massive indicator for me that maybe something's up. And um, I guess that ties into emotional intelligence. Um, hmm. And the, the other thing is... Um, now, for, for me, if, if somebody reaches out, um, I, I kind of start off with like, hey, so what's going on? Just kind of keep it very open-ended and everything. And I've had people say, you know, ah, you know I'm just, you know, having a day. Um, and I'm like, like, what type of day? Like, what, what's, what's going on? Um, and you know, they're like, ah, you know, just driving along and um, I just can't stop thinking about, you know, that this one thing I'm like, Oh, like, like what went on? Like, like what, what were your feelings? Like to talk a little bit about it and get getting, giving, giving the open door, um, allows the conversation to go anyway, any mm-hmm. possible way. And sometimes that's all it takes. Um, and sometimes that conversation could be like, man, I just, just struggling to to just get past this and i i just I, I i lost some sleep like when i when i fell asleep later in the day i just couldn't sleep and i just can't get it past my mind um maybe you need to talk to somebody else like maybe maybe that would help you out uh, have you tried um have, have you tried calling this person or have you tried doing this and again just opening up the door and put, putting options on the table uh, some more more extreme like go talk to a professional person versus have you called up this other friend in your tribe in your support system to maybe talk it through as well and that's what i do i'm not i'm not a professional right like i'm not um i'm just somebody that's uh that's navigating through this journey on on his own but um that's that's what i've done and it's it's helped me when other people do that um just opening the door and listening it's interesting because it's a fine line between trying to problem solve but also making recommendations that could be helpful yeah it it is a fine line um and 
I don't, I don't really know. I don't really know if like emotional trauma is, is a problem that can be fully solved. Like mm -hmm. I think about this a lot and um, no matter how hard I try to erase images from my brain, they're still there. They may be fading over time because I'm learning how to, how to just channel that energy for good, learning how to talk to different people about this, just being open about it has helped out tremendously. Um, but um, I, I don't know if it can be like fully like swept under the carpet or uh, fully forgotten about. Uh, I haven't gotten that far yet mm -hmm. um, to, to see if, if like it can ever be solved. I don't know. There's two ways of looking at this. If I'm the listener, that might be a situation where someone calls me and says, hey, you know, I, I'd, I'd like to, to talk to you about something. But the other side of that is to be more proactive. And you talk about weaving check-ins in the conversations with family and coworkers to make sure that they're okay. So let me ask you, <laughs> is, is being direct the best approach here? In other words... Hey, Andrew, I just wanted to check in and make sure you're okay. Is that effective or is there a better way to go about doing that? So on, on my team, um, is I think, I think family and friends, they're, they're in a little bit of a different category because it's, it's a little bit of a stronger emotional connection or yeah. it should be, especially on the family side. <laughs> um, on the, Coworker slash team front, how I weave that in is delicately. Um, but I talk to my team every day. And if if I notice that and, and we 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 work in a virtual world, so this this isn't and sometimes we have cameras on, sometimes we don't. So this is all like measuring tone. Um, but I I, I check in with them and I say, how, how are things going? Like, and they, they jump to work right away, naturally. Mm -hmm. And then um, at some point during the conversation, I say, I bring something personal up and I say, so how, how is your move? Uh, you, you just moved. Like, how, how is that going? I'm sure that's hectic. Like when I've moved before, I mean, it's a cluster, like it never goes according to plan. It's exhausting. Um, how is it going for you? like as an example of a life event that may have happened. Yeah. Um, and they'll say something along the lines of, um, yeah, I mean, it's so exhausting. Like just mentally, I'm just drained. You just said mentally drained, but you have work product to do. Wait a second, Andrew, connect the dots here. Work productivity is not going to be high if mental drainage is low. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, so um, th that's an example of, non-mental trauma um but that, that can easily transfer into like may, maybe that person has a hit may, maybe that person's moving because of a relationship issue and that's causing some issues mentally as well um and and that's just one example but i i mean my, my team follows me on social media they 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 see everything i put out there so i'm vulnerable not only for people that i don't work with but for the people i work with yeah and um I haven't been treated any differently. Um, if, if anything, um, the, the conversations have become more open 
about just like, just tired. Like this day is just killing me versus like a year ago where that conversation wouldn't even come up because the comfort level wasn't there. Sure. And I, I think that's, I think that's how, uh, what I refer to as like the, the changing of the dialogue and the changing of the tone and everything in this space, because if, if we can treat the people around us really well, and we have strong emotional intelligence by measuring tone and body language and stuff that helps like not only professionally, but also personally, like relieving that little bit of stress can really help somebody out. Yeah. No, that's very interesting. Hey, look, uh, I'll get you out of here on this. If people want to talk to you more or learn a little bit more about uh, whether it's navigating PTSD or navigating through that side of a resilient journey, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Hit me up on LinkedIn, connect and shoot me a message. All right, good. Andrew, I appreciate you doing this. I appreciate your intentional vulnerability um, and how we can all benefit from you being honest and coaching us and helping us. So thanks for being a guest. I appreciate you. Thanks for the invite, Mark. I want to thank Andrew Allett for being vulnerable and sharing his own resilient journey with us this week. You know, we talk about resilience on the podcast, and sometimes it relates to specific work situations or business continuity, and other times we focus on personal resilience. And I think these stories are important. Thanks, as always, to the Resilience Think Tank for sponsoring the Resilient Journey podcast. You can stay in touch with the Think Tank at resiliencethinktank.com. We have another interesting guest next week, so join us, won't you, as we continue our resilient journey.